0: If you're just starting out in your homeschooling journey, you might be having an awful lot of days that leave you feeling a little subpar. Today's guest, Caroline Dupuis, who has been through many ups and downs, is here to share a homeschool success story.
1: Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Mladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections.
0: Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Meladnik, and today's guest is Caroline Dupuy, here to share a homeschool success story. Caroline Dupuis resides in Southern Ontario with her husband, two cats, and two dogs. She has over ten years of experience facilitating organizations within the church, along with building dynamic faith-centered groups for all ages. Caroline home-educated her two children for eight years and is now pursuing pastoral assistant certificate at St. Peter's Seminary in London, Ontario. And in the show notes, you'll find Caroline's email address if you'd like to reach out to her. She's happy to hear from you. And, uh, but I'll say it out uh, for you now. It's littlepetal.dupuy at gmail.com. And that's L-I-T-T-L-E-P-E-T-A-L dot D-U-P-U-I-S, dupuis at gmail.com. Okay, so welcome, Caroline, to the program. It's so good of you to make time for us today.
2: Thank you very much. It's such an honor to be here, and thank
0: you for inviting me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So let's just begin with putting people in context. You know, tell us a little bit about your homeschooling history, you know, how long, how how things turned out. Just put us in the picture of before we delve into the details and talk more about your journey, where are you right now? Right now in Yeah, you in and life? your kids and oh, yeah, like okay, how yeah. in um, your okay. homeschooling framework. Where is it where, where is it all panning out? My
2: <laughs> daughter is uh, got, actually got married 1 month ago yes. and um, and she graduated with a degree in English and she's now an international copywriter. Um, I'm very, very, very happy. My son is in his second year at St. Peter's London, um, Ontario Seminary, and he's discerning priesthood. So that's where we're all at now. And uh, it's been an incredible journey and uh, a beautiful one, I have to say.
0: That's why I named this episode A Homeschool Success Story, because we're about to delve into some of the granular stuff um first we'll talk about bigger picture stuff but people are going to hear that you had good times and bad times and and that it was not at all all a bed of roses I just want people to understand that that homeschool success comes day by day um so tell us first of all how you got started homeschooling what really inspired you to embark on this incredible journey
2: Uh, It's interesting because we were just talking before and you were talking about um, how COVID-19 is uh, sort of making people sort of reflect Mm -hmm. on doing homeschooling and it's been forced upon them. And that's really how homeschooling happened for myself. Um, What happened was my son was in his grade, I think grade one, and he was really, really struggling at school. And every day I would pick him up and he would be frustrated and really upset and angry. And so we ended up getting some testings done and we found out that he was dyslexic. So, um, and there was nothing wrong with the school system. They were doing all that they could, but obviously, you know, having that one-on-one, working with him, being at his pace rather than the pace of obviously everybody in the classroom came to be a point where we sort of had to reflect upon what are we going to do for our son, you know? Um, And I have to say that, I never thought homeschooling was going to be the option. And the interesting thing is um, there's a woman in our church and she's called Nancy and she had just started homeschooling the year, that year, when the year that my son was having struggles. And I remember saying to myself, oh, wow, she's so brave. <laughs> I could never do that. And of course, they're the famous. That's <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. God was <laughs> chuckling away. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so.
2: When I was seeing this struggle with my son, I remember just talking about it with her, and she says, "Well, what about homeschooling?" And again, I laughed. I said, "I, I can't do that. <laughs> what, what are you talking about?" You know, but the more and more I saw my son, and the more and more I really took it to prayer, and and then the more and more you just started seeing God's hand, just sort of showing you, and it and it was beautiful because he's. He's always so gentle, you know. He's just really gentle in showing you things and encouraging you things and 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 guiding you and assuring you that it is that it is it's gonna be okay, you know. That oh, doesn't mean yeah. to say it's gonna be easy, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> but um it, it, it was gonna be okay. And and it's like anything. Um, you know, when you 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 say yes to God but you're still a bit uncertain, you don't get the confirmations until you step out. And when you step out, then everything just seems to fall into place. But he asks for you to step out a little bit. And it's it's that faith element. And then, and we saw that. And as soon as we did, Oh, everything just fell into place and beyond I could have ever dreamed of. It was absolutely beautiful. So um, th- the thing is, I'm actually from England. And what happened was when I had said yes to doing this, my husband ended up getting an expat job <laughs> in England, which was a beautiful dream for me. But what was beautiful was... It, it didn't even need to be an, a, a concern because we were homeschooling. So it was like, well, we can leave anytime, go any place. And here we are. We packed up and we went to England and we got to experience Oxford, England. And um, that was graces that I'd never thought. And I don't think if we'd been homeschooling that... Uh, would we have done that? You know, so um,
0: it does, it opens other doors that you can't even imagine. Touched on this idea of unanticipated blessings. Obviously we'll talk about the fact that there were struggles too, but say a little bit more about your experience in Oxford. Here you are an English woman living in Canada. You marry, you go through this very difficult patch that leads you into throwing your heart in the Lord's hands, and he leads you into homeschooling, which you didn't think you had the courage to do. And then it enables this journey back to England. Say a little bit about some of the unanticipated blessings of being in Oxford together as a family.
2: Oh, well, it was just beautiful. I mean, our day would start off where (laughs) we would get on our bikes and we would ride to Mass you know that myself i know and the weather was beautiful and we would go to mass every morning and that is where my son started serving for the very first time um there was a priest there father john and he was just absolutely beautiful and he just really took my son under his wing and just um guided him and that was the very first time that kenneth just went Wow, there was just something happened there. And and he reflects back on it now. And it was the first time I think he fell in love with the idea of a priesthood and he was very young, but he puts um the the cassock on for to serve, and there was just something happened. Um, and not that we dwelt on it at that moment, but he felt something and then moved on. And then, of course, his journey, you know, goes many places after that. But um, yeah, we got to do adoration, we got to go to confession and and it would start the day off, and then we'd come home and uh, and then we would do our studies. But, um, we were also in Oxford, so we had museums and we have art galleries. And just some days, you know, I'd be having a rough day and I'm just, I can't do this anymore. So I'd say to the kids, okay, let's just pack our bags. We're going down to the museum. And we would go down to the museum and instead of studying it in the book, we would actually get to see it. And it was so exciting and it was just beautiful. And that's the beauty of homeschooling is you you can go with the flow of the day, you know? And if you are having a rough day, it's, it's okay. It's okay to just say, you know what? we're going to go for a walk and and we're going to talk and we're going to, you know, do other things today and uh, just let God be with you, because that's what I've come away with is the beautiful relationship you develop with your children in that journey. It's just incredible, you know? So.
0: Yes, and and I'm getting shivers listening to you, everything from putting on the cassock and having that inkling, that moment that something shifted to the beautiful mornings on your bicycles going to Mass in that incredibly beautiful town of Oxford. Uh, God really placed you in this incredible place, but we have to ask God to give us eyes to see. We don't necessarily land in Oxford, and even if we're (laughs) in Oxford, we can have a very rough day. And I love that you shift into this place of giving yourself grace. What helped you to move into that place of giving yourself and the children grace on the days when things were just not coming together?
2: I think it's your faith. Um, And I think when I look, when I reflect back now, I am who I am because of the journey that I went through, through homeschooling. I knew it was the right thing. I knew what God God had called me to it. I knew it was right for the children. There'd been very many beautiful signs, um, and I, I had to just let go and trust, and and just rely on Him more, and and know that I'm not going to make a perfect job. I'm not going to do this. It's not going to be perfect. I couldn't do some things, but He always just fills those those voids in other areas. And and some days when I do struggle. I would just actually, we had a forest nearby. I would just go for a walk and pray my rosary and just offer it all up and then come back and just try and start again, you know? And, um, but yeah, it's like anything, any anything we do in life, even when we start a new job, it's not always easy when we do it, but there's always the many blessings from it, isn't there? So, um, yeah. So I don't know. It was just... Uh, yeah, I think maybe the days when it was rough, it was just sometimes stepping back and seeing, like I'd see my daughter sit over in the corner reading her book. And and that is just a simple thing, but it was beautiful knowing that she was in our home, just reading this book and thoroughly enjoying it, snuggled up by the fire. And then, you know, my son was doing other things and you could step back and just enjoy being with them. That's, that's what I loved. You know, I remember, um, cause they started out at school and that's how I first started off. Obviously they were in the school system and yeah, you'd say goodbye to them in the morning. And that was kind of it, you know? And I think when I finally did start homeschooling, that's what I appreciated because I had said goodbye to them and just the conversations that take place and, and the sharing of your faith. And, uh, if they read a book and they want to talk about it, you're right there. And it's, it's, you know, you embrace that moment. Um, And it was just, yeah. I mean, looking back, (laughs) I think it seems more glowing, you know, obviously when you're in the heart of it, it it can be very difficult. Um, And some days I would cry and I would be going, why, why me, God, why, why, why do I have to do this? Um, And I'd have my, temper tantrums, you know, and um, (laughs) and I can't do this, but it was funny because in our book club today, and we're doing your your book right now on the book club. One of the questions I had asked was, you know, do do you um, drag your cross or do you carry it? You know? Yeah. And and we all talked about it. (laughs) We all said, yes, at first we all really just, you know, want to drag our cross, but then eventually we just it's letting go and just saying your will be done you know and and trusting that god will uh, be with us in those in that journey and uh, any he, he is he is so
0: mm-hmm. and i feel like the children pick up you know so much more is caught than taught we've heard a million times but that image of you taking in the moment of your child reading by the fire and your son off doing something else but in that moment of enjoyment of in In learning in a natural way, just having fallen into that moment of grace, of being able to see uh, something happen so naturally, but also the children absorbing it themselves, absorbing the moments when you get to the end of your patience and you say, I'll be back and head off with your rosary beads into the forest. Like I just feel like all of these images from, and, and kids sometimes need to know our limits. We aren't meant to be perfect. Our imperfections help drive them toward God, toward creating and, and kind of defining their own lives and their own ideas of what family life should be like or their vocations. Um, and sometimes finding the end of our patience when we're doing just basic kind of home discipline or home care or whatever it is. Those things challenge us, again, as you said, to just keep offering it up, to allow it to be a little bit of a mystery. Um, Describe um, a little bit, go into a little bit more of a granular level to us. Do you remember a particular day when you really wanted to quit? (laughs)
2: oh quite a few
0: (laughs) (laughs) pick one (laughs) we all have a nice little memory box of those days (laughs) yeah
2: well I, I think maybe it's when you feel inadequate I think it's always when you're feeling you just you just don't have it you just don't have it together you feel like you're failing your kids you you feel like you're not doing it and and you do get a lot of outside voices that sometimes they penetrate into you you know voices what there always is you know socially how are your children doing socially you know how how do you are you a teacher always am I a teacher no I'm not a teacher and and i think you you got to sometimes not allow those little voices to come inside of you and doubt what you're actually doing um and it's so interesting because i was given actually a, a beautiful grace from that was I I was beginning to doubt that I was capable. I was beginning to doubt that I was even doing anything for them. And I was questioning, where are they going? Oh, my goodness, they're never going to get to to university. What am I doing? And um, in England, they have this law where um, if you're homeschooling, they come in and they assess what you're doing. And, uh, I was so nervous about that. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is really, and I, I was really, really nervous. So anyhow, the gentleman comes in and he talks to the children and he asks them, he looks and sees what you're doing. Um, and then he does all that. And then he writes you a report.
0: Oh boy. (laughs) Yes.
2: So anyhow, I got that report and I was blown away by it. And my husband said to me, he says, you need to keep this up on the fridge for when you have those days that you're not, you know, you're feeling low. And it was amazing. The gentleman ended up saying, he goes, I wish I was homeschooled because he says, I see what's going on here. I says I see the children. I see what she's doing. He says, uh, if, I, if I was a child and I was here, I, I would have wanted to be homeschooled. So, uh, you, you know, God always just... Uh, allow, gives you those beautiful gifts and just sort of keeps going, keeps you going when you feel inadequate. And I think that's the biggest thing. You just totally feel out of your league because I'm not a teacher, but I know my children, you know, I know when enough's enough. I know when he's not getting it. I know when he just needs to take a break. I know when this is not his learning style. We need to do it visually. This, the sitting down at a desk, it's not going to work for him, you know? And, and I think that's what it was. It was instead of teaching being a torture you listen to the needs of your child and you can work with them and i think that was the best and and for my daughter she loves reading english degree you know and and she was able to follow through with that and she would just sit and read where my son you know he's hands on needs to be active needs the visual so um and so we would watch lots of great movies and then pause and talk about it and things like that and he would come away remembering that you know so
0: um Ooh. Yeah. That leads me right into my next question, which is tell me some of the things that your children look back on and remember as their favorite things about being educated at home.
2: The, the opportunity to, to, we met other people. I did actually set up a a group where we would meet once a week, other homeschooling families. Um, so that was really good. Um, and, and just, just the journey of meeting other people and being able to travel. We we were able to travel a lot because we, we never stuck to it um, and journeying with each other, you know, and, uh, and I think for my daughter, what she said was not having to be caught up with the drama of school. You know um, she was happy not to have all that. And, uh, and my son too, it, it, he just, just enjoyed the, the peace and the quiet and the pace and um, and for him, he loved serving even when he was little. So absolutely. Then that became part of his day as well, you know, and, he had, and he built these lovely relationships with um, the priest and the sacristan, and, and um, it was just, it was, it was able to give them opportunities that you don't have a school because it's nine to five and, you know, I'm not saying that, that, that there's anything wrong with that. I'm never anti-school, um, mm-hmm. but it's, it, it's what works with your children. And it's like us, isn't it? I mean, some days we're just not, we're not feeling it, you
0: know? Yeah, <laughs> and, and
2: so therefore yeah. it's just not going to work today. So I, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Or
0: Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Getting together with other families, having the time to allow, their own interests and their own rhythms to kind of unfold. You know, I'm not anti-school either. I know many homeschooling families that have one child in school, another homeschooled, one's unschooled, another's doing Seton, another's doing something else. I mean, as you've pointed out, our children are wired really differently. God has poured his creativity into each unique and unrepeatable soul. And, and I feel like this is the journey within the journey of the more, more important one, that within our homeschooling journey, within this educational exploration, this incredible adventure with all of its pitfalls and difficulties and mountaintop experiences, that the more important journey toward God includes Journeying into those relationships with our children, knowing them, rediscovering them, establishing and deepening those bonds. Say a little bit more about what what comes to mind for you when you think about that deeper journey, Caroline.
2: It was beautiful watch the journeying of faith together. I think that to me was was just just beautiful, you know, riding your bike, going down to we had the opportunity to the Oxford um Oratorian and meeting the priests then, I know. And um I would just again embrace that moment and and just and even to this day, I I have no regrets that I had that journey with them. I have no regrets that we journeyed that way. And to this day our relationships are very blessed because we're very open with one another. We call each other all the time. Um, if we're struggling, it's okay. And it's okay where you're at, you know. There's there's no judgments. That it's it's just let's be real with one another. This this is a journey that has its ups and downs. Um yeah, for me, it was just it was just being with my kids and, and the blessing of it and and enjoying them, you know. Um I, I have I don't have any regrets. And I loved, I loved it, even though there were struggles. Um, I, I'm glad I, I said yes. And, and that instills confidence today when, if I feel God's calling me to do something, I say, I can say yes more easily because of that journey, you know? So, because he just, he provides, and there's just graces beyond graces that you have no ideas there, you know?
0: Yeah, I know your faith is the cornerstone of everything in your life, Caroline. Were there specific, I know you said mass in the morning, there's lots of little, just want listeners to notice there were routines. There was morning mass, there were rosary walks. What else can you point to that helped you persevere? There's, it could be more about your faith life, it could be particular relationships or ideas or inspirations from the Lord, whatever it was, or things about your kids, you particularly. What helped keep you going?
2: Uh, I think it was the support of other mums um, and other families um, because, yeah, there's days when you begin to question, are you doing it, you know, right? And um, so I think that's important. And and we did have some great groups. We had, uh, uh, we had groups where even priests were part of what we did in supporting us, which was a really, really nice too. Um, I think that's what kept me going was, um, being able to call somebody, talk about it, and and share with other other families um, that struggle, or, or even you you give each other ideas, you know what what, what works for your child, how does this work, you know, um, and you do you do things together as families, and and that's beautiful too. I mean, even going to the museums, you don't have to do it alone; you you go with other children, and and there's that excitement too, and and I think that was beautiful too. Still today and these children are all different ages you know Emma and Kenneth are still friends with these people and journeying with them and uh, and it's it is very deep and very special
0: yeah yeah it's interesting because as a mother of one child, you know, I was infertile for a long time. She was born when I was almost 40. Our homeschooling journey started. I, you know, a lot of the moms who were substantially younger than I was were veteran homeschoolers by the time we entered the arena here in busy Long Island with lots of great opportunities and and all of that. We were never alone. But I must say, probably among the best things that I drew out of it was that as an impatient person and an older person starting out with a young child and no real experience, um, I became a better mother, hanging out with the ones who could no big deal, so many things, just kind of let things roll off and not over focus on their their children's faults and failings and and to see the good in their children and to st- keep their sense of humor. I remember calling a um, very experienced mom in tears one day. Sure, my child was going to end up in prison someday <laughs> because she would some infraction that terrified me. And, and I was ridiculous, but and she just started laughing. I mean, kindly, but she burst into laughter when she heard what was wrong. She was like, Lisa, I thought you were going to tell me, you know, that, that you had a, you know a deadly disease or something your tone I really thought it was going to be so much worse and and so being with other moms can rub, rub off our rough edges help us to relax see their wisdom see that everyone's doing it a little differently and that's okay
2: yes yes yeah and and then sometimes when somebody's further ahead of you um yeah, they help you see it's okay. And you'll get through this or this worked and this didn't work. And, you know, so absolutely supporting one another is absolutely wonderful. And it's
0: okay. We're back. We just had a little glitch in our technology, but we're picking up with, um, I'd like to have Caroline just touch on if she could change anything, looking back, what would you do differently?
2: You know, it's funny. I, I would actually have started sooner. Um, my kids didn't start school, uh, went to school and then we didn't do a homeschool until one was in grade six and the other one was in grade one and looking back on it. Yeah, I would have started one because I would have been able to feel a little bit more confident with the material that I was using, starting from when they're little, and then you're working your way through opposed to all of a sudden trying to pick up where, where they're at and things like that. It, it, it can be done, but it, it is difficult and it's hard. And then they've learned different ways of learning too. And and all of a sudden you're trying to do things different. So yeah, I'd be honest and say, I wish, but I, I wasn't aware of it. I hadn't even understood. I didn't even know what homeschooling was. Um, I would have started earlier. That's would have been my one thing that if I could go back yes I would have done it from that kindergarten age and worked through them and embraced that yeah
0: so yeah yeah no that's really neat to hear I I would love to have started sooner too it took a while to convince my husband (laughs) we took our daughter out after the fourth grade what would you like to leave us with just a little a few words of advice
2: I think sometimes there was a few quotes here I found. So I thought maybe um, difficult roads lead to beautiful destinations. And the only impossible journey is the one you never begin. And then this is what kept me going when I was going. It was from Isaiah 41 to 10. And it says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid
0: for I am your God. Beautiful, Caroline. Thank you. And do you have a reference for the other two quotes? Are those just kind of quotes knocking around?
2: One was, the author was unknown. The difficult roads lead to a beautiful destination. That was unknown. But it was a Tony Robbins who said, the only impossible journey is the one you never begin. And that's by Tony Robbins.
0: Okay, gotcha. Okay, just curious because I know a lot of us like to do oh, our quick absolutely. internet searches and grab those memes and share them. Yeah, absolutely,
2: <laughs> and give credit to where it's due. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and thank you for leaving leaving us with a word of scripture. We truly are not alone, and our God is with us in every moment. Caroline, I can't thank you enough. You are you are such a beautiful. Kind of emotional intelligence that just imbues everything that you do that helps us to really feel touched by your your warm heartedness and all of this. And we certainly all need that kind of a friend, that kind of a voice in our heads when things are difficult in such anxious times. Thank you so much, Caroline.
2: Thank you so much, Lisa, for inviting me. It's been an amazing journey. Thank you so much.
0: My joy. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for being with us. Please don't hang up your line. We've got our short feature coming right up.
1: Hi, everyone. This is From Ideal to Real. My name is Chantal Howard. I'm excited to have you here with me as we look at how to hold on to hope and holy dreams in the face of real life challenges and temptations especially as it relates to being effective homeschooling moms. So halfway through the school year now, we can begin to see the cracks in our homeschool resolve, can't we? (laughs) Perhaps like me, your stamina and determination just don't seem as strong after Christmas break. I can't help but feel distracted and disheartened in light of the unrest in our country and our world. I'm sure you're feeling it too. Our hope seems to be under attack, doesn't it? Our homeschooling, too, can feel heavy, and our leadership within our homes can feel shaky and uncertain. Now's when we have to dip our bucket back into the well of our dreams. The ideal placed on our hearts by God. What? You might be saying, isn't this the gal who always is telling us to be gentle on ourselves, to not over-idealize our homeschools, (laughs) to ground ourselves in the reality of life as our novitiative virtue? Yeah, that's me. (laughs) I often give living with our heads in the clouds a bad rap, as it tends to heap unnecessary guilt and anxiety on our plates. But there is a most important distinction between our make-believe, self-centered, and pride-crafted ideals and the dream and ideal God sets before us to fuel our hope and inspire us to strive to greater holiness. So today, my homeschooling mamas, I want to unleash in you a simple desire. Gather your children close to you and sip from the font of life this day and renew your commitment to strive forward in the pursuit of truth, the formation of wisdom, the discipline of excellence. I just did this with my kids. We called them together, we sat down in the living room, had to get through all the ants in their pants, had to get them to sit still, put their hands in their laps, stop making faces, stop playing with the baby, right? Everybody get still and we closed our eyes and we focused in on the vision of heaven. That's the ideal, my friends, that we have to re-anchor ourselves to. We don't have to accept to compromise in some kind of Machiavellian dance with the devil, right? Grace offers our homeschooling authority the power of dynamic influence. We must not allow the world around us shrouded in evil to make our leadership an empty shell or to convince us that we have to concede to the ways of the world. We can call our children on to strength of character, a life of virtue, charity, truth, beauty, and freedom. We can declare that everyone has unrivaled value and worth and that life is worth living because we were made for God. So be inspired and remind your children today point of your life is to encounter the infinite God, to fall in love with him, expand all that is good and beautiful into a perfection that never ends. This is why we homeschool, (laughs) to give our hope in the midst of a world that would try to convince you that this valley of tears is all there is. So let's reclaim our perspective of excitement and rekindle our romance of faith so that even if we find ourselves plunged up to our eyeballs and lesson plans and bickering children, budget concerns, news reports of unrest and social pressures, and real-life challenges, we can press forward with a burning heart inside of us. No matter how dreary or difficult life may become, the joy of gazing into the eyes of Christ is ours. God doesn't want us to be either an example of perfection— or a wimp who quits in the face of challenge. The truth lies in the middle where the cross stretches from one end of the world to the other. The power of Christ spans the troubled waters that swirl around us, and he calls us to continue leading our homeschool forward into the new year. With all the burdens and the baggage we bear, we can remain anchored to his ideal. After all, that's why we lead. And that's what helps us be relevant and true, full of hope for the safe harbor of heaven. My name is Chantal Howard, and you can find me at aromarosary.com or chantal-howard.com. I hope that you'll find me also on Instagram at holy.healthy.free. I hope you were inspired today If so, please consider sharing this episode with your friends and join me again for another episode of From Ideal to Real.
0: That's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com where you can get online courses for your grade school, middle school, and high school student. Learn from the experts and make your homeschooling easier. Be sure to leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. And we'll see you next time here on the Homeschooling Saints podcast.